Welcome to the Antioch Sheffield podcast. We are so glad that you can join us for today's message, which is brought to you by Pastor Todd Roberts. For more information about Antioch Sheffield, head to our website at antiochsheffield.org.uk. Well, this morning, I want to do something a little bit different than what we normally do with our message. Um, Today, instead of diving into a sermon, I wanted to talk a little bit about where we're at as a church and where we're headed. So it's going to be more of a family chat than our traditional sermon. Now, most of you know that a few weeks ago, Boris announced that Houses of Worship could reopen as of yesterday, the 4th of July. But um, obviously, we're not gathered together in our church building this morning. Uh, We're still doing things online. And that's because after much discussion and prayer and hearing from you, we made the decision to delay our reopening until September at the earliest. And I realize for some of you that's really disappointing. Uh, For others of you, you're relieved by that. But I wanted to just briefly explain our reasoning because there's several factors that we had to take into account in making that decision. Um, First of all, when we reopen, we want to make sure that we reopen safe and we reopen strong. When we reopen, we want to do it well and we want to make sure that we can do it safely. And we don't want to rush that process. And that's actually the same sentiment that many of you expressed in the survey that we sent out last week. Many of you responded to that. And thank you for all those of you who took the time to respond because that was really helpful information for us. And what we found is that more than two-thirds of you said that you either can't attend a Sunday service right now because of pre-existing health conditions or uh, exposure to COVID at work, or you have significant concerns about the risks involved in resuming our public services. So the demand for our uh, uh, gathering together on Sunday just isn't there right now. Secondly, the restrictions involved in having a Sunday service are so restrictive that it strips away much of what is meaningful about our Sunday services. For example, you know, we'd have to limit the number of people that can come to a service. Um, we'd probably have to wear masks. Uh, we wouldn't be able to provide childcare. We wouldn't be able to provide hospitality. We'd have to be social distanced from other people in the service, and we wouldn't even be able to sing. So it seems like a lot of what makes our services meaningful would just be stripped away. And so it became a a question of, well, well, what's the point of gathering together in person? And, And so we decided to keep things online until September and we'll evaluate what, where we're at at that point. And, and I hope, my hope and my prayer is that we'll be able to resume public services at that point. But we're also um, uh, preparing ourselves that it may be much longer before we can get back to normal. It may be by, you know, as long as next summer before we really can resume public services in a way that is uh, 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 safe and effective for everybody. And so the question, you know, as I think about that potential kind of worst case scenario, uh, I I begin to wonder what maybe you've wondered, and it's this, what's the point of church in this season? You know, if we can't gather together in person, then what's the point of church? Or, Or maybe to ask it another way, if the doors of our church are closed, does that mean the church is closed? Does that mean that we don't need to prioritize church in this season? Does that mean that we're just taking a break from church in this season? I mean, those are valid questions. 
And I want to try to answer some of those this morning. I want to talk about why church matters. And I know that I'm preaching to the choir this morning because the very fact that you're watching this service, you're communicating that church does matter to you. And and that's why I'm so glad that you've tuned in. But I want to dig down into that a little bit and, and talk about why church matters in this season, why it continues to be relevant and even perhaps even more relevant in this trying season that we've been going through. First of all, I want to start with this. The church is not a building The church is a family. The church is not a building. The church is a family. You've probably heard something like this before, but you know, uh, uh, the church is not a building any more than a family is a house. You know, I know we have buildings that we call churches, but the church is made up of people. It's just like a family. You know, what makes a family a family? It's it's not the, the building that they live in, it's the people. And it's the same with church. What makes a church a church is people. And we get this from uh, something that the Apostle Paul, uh, Peter said in 1 Peter 2, verse 5. He said this, And you are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. What does he mean by that? He's talking to first century believers. And he's saying, you guys, all of you who are followers of Jesus, you're living stones. He's using that, that building analogy that God is using to build his spiritual temple, his church. And what he's saying there is that God doesn't build churches with bricks and mortar. He builds churches with human beings, with you and I, that, that, that they're interconnected in such a way that that builds the church. And that's what the church is all about. It's, it's when people coming together to, to worship Jesus and live out their faith together, that's what the church is. And that's why even when the doors of the church are shut, the church continues to be open because the church can operate anywhere, anytime believers are gathered together to worship and follow Jesus. But let's go back to the second part of that statement. The church is not a building. The church is is a family. Now, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but when you became a follower of Jesus, you entered into a spiritual family. We don't really think about that in our culture where we're very independent, very autonomous. Often we view faith as just a private thing between me and God. But that's not the way the writers of the New Testament talked about it. When you read through the New Testament, you see them referring to other believers as brothers and sisters in Christ. And that's not just a cute way of referring to one another. That's a spiritual reality. That on the day, began on the day of Pentecost, that the Holy Spirit brought us all together, all these different nations and ethnicities into one spiritual family with one Father, all gathered around the person of Jesus. And that reality, you can feel that at times. I don't know if you've ever just run into somebody and you find out that there's a Christian and there's that instant kinship and bond between you and and them. And that's because we're all a part of the same spiritual family. And that is the context in which we live out our faith. The family is the, the, the God's provision for us to live out our faith. Now, why is that? Well, if you think about a family in the natural, you know, what does a family provide? It provides security. It provides shelter and provision. It provides a place to belong. It provides love and affection. It provides education and training. It provides a place to nourish and raise young. 
Uh, it provides, it's, it's an essential building block of society. And the church is the same way. It's the place where we grow up as Christians. It's the place where we learn to, where we're encouraged. It provides for us shelter and encouragement. It, it picks us up when, when we fall down. It, it, it's a place where we, where, where we raise up new believers. It's a place where we uh, hold each other accountable. The church provides safety and a place of belonging and connection to, to the body of Christ. And that's so important because, as I've said many, many times, the context for Christianity isn't isolation. The context for Christianity, the way it's meant to be lived out, is community or family. And that is critical at this time when we're, so we're in this season of enforced isolation, where we've had to remain distant. And I mean, praise God, some of the restrictions have been relaxed, and now hopefully we're able to interact a little bit more. But, but when we're isolated, that, that makes it so hard for us to live out our faith because we can't, um, we, we can't st- we, without the body of Christ around us, we start to struggle. We, we're much more vulnerable and accessible. You know, there's this idea out there that our faith is just between us and God and we don't need the church and we don't need other people. And listen, I get that. The church is, is imperfect. The church in many ways is, you know, all of us could probably tell stories of when we've been hurt by the church or broken by the church in one way or another. And that is... It's heartbreaking, but it's not surprising because the church is filled with imperfect people who are all on a journey of sanctification to look more like Jesus. So we've all had hard experiences in church, just as we all have had difficult times in our family, but we don't give up on family in those moments. No, we need it. It's essential for us. It's the context that, that we live out our spiritual faith in. And for all the reasons that I already mentioned, but, but it provides protection for us. You know, think about like if you've ever watched a nature documentary where, you know, wolves are hunting bison or something. And what do they do? They, they get a herd running and then they try to pick off the weaker members. They isolate the weaker members of the herd and then they attack. And that's how they hunt. And I think that's the enemy's strategy with Christians. He wants to isolate us And when we're isolated, that's when we become vulnerable to temptation. That's when we become vulnerable to distraction and discouragement. But when we're connected, there's safety in that connection. So my my encouragement, my urging for you in this season is for you to stay connected to your spiritual family as we start to emerge from lockdown. It's so easy for us to drift. It's so easy for us to become distant, to not prioritize that connection, but it is essential for us. And when I say being connected to the church family, I'm not just talking about listening to a sermon. I'm talking about being connected to people who, who know your name, Right? I mean, there's, there's lots of great resources online right now. There's, there's loads of great preaching and teaching that can feed your soul in one way, but, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about being connected to a small group of people who know your name, who know your battles that you're fighting, who know the struggles that you're facing, who are willing to, to get in there and fight with you, who are willing to pray for you and help carry your burdens and people that, that you know that you're willing to do the same thing for. So my question to you this morning is, do you have people in your life that know the battles that you're facing and, 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 and that are praying for you, that are fighting for you to help you thrive in the midst of this season? Because if you don't, 
that I'm, I'm concerned that, that you're vulnerable to the attacks of the enemy in this season. And I want to urge you to jump in with the life group, to invite somebody from the church over and just have a barbecue or something. Just get community in your life because it is essential in this season. So that's the first point, that the church is not just a building. The church is a family. But the second reason the church matters in this season is because the mission hasn't changed. The mission is the same. Just because we're in the midst of a pandemic doesn't mean that our mission has changed as a church. In fact, it's more relevant than ever. And in case you're wondering what the mission is, it's what we call the Great Commission. It's the instructions that Jesus gave to his disciples, his kind of last instructions before he ascended back into heaven. And he said this in Matthew 28, Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. That is the mission for this church, and that's the universal mission for the church of Jesus Christ in the world, to go into all nations and to make disciples and to teach people to obey and follow and love Jesus. That's what this church is all about, and that's what we're about as a church. And so that, that, that hasn't changed just because we're in a pandemic. So the mission is the same, but the methods change. The mission is the sacred. Methods are not. And the extraordinary resilience of Christianity through two millennia is partially attributed to the fact that, that its methods are very flexible and adaptable to the culture and the time and the context that it finds itself in. And so any, any follower of Jesus, any church leader, any missionary just has to ask himself, what is the most effective method for me to use to fulfill the mission that Jesus has given us? Here in this church, we incorporate Sunday services and midweek life groups as a way to help fulfill the Great Commission in our context. But if we find something that's more effective, we're going to just adapt and adjust and pick up whatever makes us the most effective in fulfilling the mission that Jesus has given us. Now, in this season, obviously, we've had to change our methods somewhat. We've had to pivot everything we're doing as a church to online. Now, some of that has obviously been enforced by lockdown and those kinds of things, but really, it's just helping us, I think, catch up to where the world is at. Because we live in a digital age now, don't we? We live in an age where we do our banking online, where we do our shopping online, where we do our, uh, our, our download music online, we stream entertainment on our TVs online. Uh, virtually everything we do is digital. And I think certainly our church and I think a lot of other churches haven't really caught up to where the world is at. And, and it's one of the reasons I'm so thankful for this season is that it's forced us in some ways to to step into, to adapt our methods to, uh, to stay relevant in a digital age. So as I've said, we've had to move everything online. And, and, I, and I know that some of you are watching this and thinking, oh, but it, you know, it just feels painful because you value face-to-face -face contact. You value being together in person and I'm totally with you. And, and just because we're, we're learning to embrace doing things online more doesn't mean we're gonna get rid of be, doing things in person. And as soon as restrictions open up a bit more, we're definitely gonna be back together here in this building and I'm looking forward to that day. 
But as we've adapted our methods, what we've found is that there are some things that are possible now that weren't possible before. And, and I think in some ways it's making us more fruitful as a church than we've ever been before. And let me just summarize it this way. I found that moving online frees us from the boundaries of proximity and makes us far more accessible. Now that's a bit of a mouthful, and here's what I mean by that. What I mean is that before, if you wanted to be a part of our church, you had to be here in Sheffield, you had to be here at 10.30 on Sunday morning, and, and maybe you could listen to podcasts later if you wanted to, but, but to really experience it, you had to be here in this time and in this place. Well, now with things moving online, that has freed us of geographic proximity boundaries. It, it's freed us of the, the, the lack of accessibility and far more people are able to tap into what we're doing at every level of the church. For example, with our Sunday services, we've had people watching our services in Australia, in Sweden, in uh, Singapore and Malaysia, in the United States. We've had people in the UK that are tuning in from Bristol or from London or Scotland. Uh, we've had, and, and I'm sure there's far more. And, and probably some of my favorite stories are the stories of people who are tuning in here in Sheffield who would never have come here to church on a Sunday morning, but they're tuning in and they're hearing about the love of Jesus for them. And that makes me excited. And, you know, conservative estimates are that 50% our numbers of people who are watching the service and involved in our Sunday services have jumped by 50% over what normally, or who normally comes here on a Sunday morning. And that's just conservative estimates. Some services have received far more viewing than that. That's so encouraging. Or, or with our equipping, you know, we are able to equip far more uh, broadly than we could before. We've taken all the stuff that we're doing, the Alpha course, the marriage course, the prayer course, uh, the, the Bible studies that Mick Raleigh's been leading, all that's online now. And what I love about that is you don't have to, to come here to the church to be a part. In fact, with the marriage course that we just recently completed, we had five couples from Walsall, a two-hour drive away, who were joining in with us. No longer bound by geography and proximity to the church. They could be involved right where they were at. Or with our life groups. You know, we've got people jumping in to life groups that normally can't because of health issues or because of scheduling. But now they can be involved because it's far more accessible than it's ever been. So there are things that are possible in this season that have never been possible for us before. And it's so exciting. I mean, I think about the interviews that we did with, with Ronan Walker, or with John Eldridge. I mean, that never would have happened if we had just continued with life as normal. But that's the exciting thing about this season is while we're so aware of all the restrictions and the boundaries that we're facing because of lockdown and all that that's meant, we've often missed that there's actually some new opportunities for us. And that's what we've been stepping into as a church. And that's what we're going to continue to step into because I believe it's actually made us more fruitful. You know, at the beginning of this year, we, we felt like God was calling us into a year of mission. 2020 is the year of mission. And we talked a lot about it. We made a lot of plans for that. And when COVID-19 arrived, that just blew up all of our plans. But actually, we're still on mission as a church, and we're still probably reaching far more people than we would have otherwise. And that is encouraging for me. So the question remains, though, you know, in this season of, of extended um, online church, what does it mean to be a member of this church in this season? How, how, do you, how does that work? 
Well, in many ways, it's the same as it's always been. It's just not happening in this building as much. It's four things. It's devotion to Jesus, you know, seeking, loving Jesus, worshiping Jesus, seeking to follow and obey Jesus to the best of your ability. And it means a commitment to community. You know, we want all people in this church to be committed to, uh, uh, to intentionally pursue biblical community for all the reasons that I've already mentioned. It means living missionally. You know, uh, we have this message that the world desperately needs to hear. And, and many people right now are asking big questions and they're reexamining what they've always believed in and, and maybe opening themselves up to things that maybe they weren't open to before. We live on mission wherever we find ourselves in this season. And finally, it means serving. It means leveraging your time, your talent, your treasure, your gifts in the church to help the church fulfill the great commission in this context. And we've had so many of you doing that. We've had you know, a whole team of students in Singapore who are giving up their free time and their, and their energy to edit these services and put them together every week. And I'm so thankful for them. Or, or, or I think of Lena Boothby who works so hard to put together an incredible job, does an incredible job with our social media. And so many of you are contributing in different ways, leveraging your gifts to help the mission of this church go forward. And I'm so thankful for that. But the challenge in this season is keeping your heart engaged, Right? That's the challenge I think that we're all facing. It's the challenge that I'm facing. You know, when we encounter uh, just the, 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 the apathy, you know, the, the, the Zoom fatigue that we feel, you know, in this season, it's so, I don't, I'm sure you're like me and that, you know, when another meeting comes up and you're thinking, oh, I cannot stare at a screen anymore. I cannot tune into another service. I cannot um, uh, be a part of another small group or another meeting. And, and it just feels so exhausting and so tiring that's where I want to challenge you to keep your heart engaged. And what do I mean by that? I mean, I mean choosing to push through the, the lethargy that you feel, the, the, the fatigue you feel, the, the fact that, you know, this isn't my preference to do things this way. All those emotions that you feel when, when you know it's time to engage with church and your flesh just doesn't want to, your flesh is tired and it's weary but it's so important for you to push through that and keep engaged with the church because it's keeping engaged that will keep you from drifting. And as I often say, you don't drift in good directions. You know, think of a sailboat. If you pull the rudder out of the water and just say, let the currents and the winds take you wherever they want, you're probably gonna not wind up in your intended destination. You're probably going to wind up way off course. And keeping that rudder in the water and, 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 and tacking back and forth and keeping the ship going to your intended destination, that takes a lot of work. But it's essential for us to keep from, from being led astray, from being drifting off course, which is so easy in this, in this situation that we find ourselves in where we can't gather together. It's easy for us to, to become disengaged, to become distracted, to become discouraged, to, to become uh, uh, you know, even full of just despair and kind of wandering away from God because we've become disengaged from the community that helps us stay connected. You know, as a leader... We can't lead you very well if you're not engaged. 
And as a, as, as a believer, you know, it, you can't stay, uh, it's, it's hard not to drift unless you stay connected to your community. So I want to encourage you in this season, keep your heart engaged, even when it's tiring, even when it's not your preference, even when you wish we could gather together, but we can't push through because it is worth it. That's what's going to allow you to not just survive this season, but to thrive in this season. You see, church, we've got to thrive. We've got to be a church that doesn't just endure this, all, that, all that's going on in the world. We want to be a church that flourishes right now because the world is, is struggling. People are struggling. People are hurting. People are needing solid ground to stand on, and that's what we have to offer. We get to offer the solid rock of Christ Jesus. We get to invite people into, into a relationship with the God who created them, the answer to it all. And if we're drifting away, if we're, if we're not engaged with the church, then we're not going to be effective in the mission that God has called us to be. So let's rise up, church. Let's become the people of God that we've been called to be. Let's let this be our finest hour as we engage with God's heart, as we engage with our community, and as we engage with a world that desperately needs to hear the good news of Jesus. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you, God, that, that even in the midst of all the, the chaos that's happening in the world right now, that you are with us. You said you would never leave us and that you would never forsake us, that you would be with us always, even into the very ends of the age. And Lord, I pray that in this season, God, that, that we wouldn't shrink back, that we wouldn't be overcome by all the adversity and the disruption and the, the chaos that we're facing, but Lord, that we would rise up, that we would keep our heart engaged with you, that we keep our heart engaged with one another. And that through us, Lord, we would be able to accomplish the mission that you've given us here in this church and in this place to bring the good news to a world that's hurting, to seek and save the lost, to, raise, to, to, uh, to train, uh, to go into all the world and to draw people to yourself. God, I pray that we would be the people of God that you have called us to be in this season. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening today. To listen to more messages like this one, head to our website at antiochsheffield.org.uk forward slash podcast. We are looking forward to seeing you soon.